Yeah, sorry, I got uh, startled there for a minute. It shook me. Don't be sorry, we got it on recording. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll use that for the uh, kidnapping. What, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, Kayla, this no! kidnapping that's happening right now. What? Happy birthday, <laughs> Zach! <laughs> get him! Get him! No! <laughs> get what the hell? Trap, Trap, get that strap right there. Get, get, yeah. his, get his arm down now. Jonathan, Jonathan, I'm holding him down. You need oh. to put the things in his eyelids. What? Put your finger in his ass. Put your finger <laughs> in his ass. Don't take it too far. Okay, all right. No, strap him down. Strap him. All right. Got him. All right, we got him. We got him secure now. We got the hell? Secure. Happy birthday, Zach. We're going we're gonna to force you to watch three movies for like your birthday. Bitty. I like to video the old films now and again. All right. Well, uh, is everybody ready for this? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about some movies. Let's talk about some movies. Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. I'm Zach McCoy. And it is your boy, Trav. <laughs> now that we've let Zach up from the Clockwork Orange chair, we would like to welcome you all back to the Oscar Worsty Podcast, a show where we normally discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong if they went wrong. As I said, normally, what are we watching what did we just watch, Zach? I have no idea why you guys went through all that trouble. I, these are movies that I like. I would have willingly watched them. So uh, anyway, we're starting with Ed Wood, which is Tim Burton's take on the career of the campy eccentric uh, filmmaker and his secret inspirations. Excellent. And uh, it's everybody's first time seeing Ed Wood. It is Jeez. mine. Yeah. Not no for, for me. me. Trav, you said it was your first time? Yes, it was. Ooh. It's been on my Burton list, though. Well, yeah. birthday boy, Zach, when was the first time you watched this? The first time I watched it was... It was after 2000. I can't remember the exact date. Uh, but, yeah. Um, I think I saw it actually after Big Fish came out. Because I was like, oh, I like uh, Tim Burton doing some other kind of stuff. Let me check this out. What about you? I saw it, I think, in middle school because I was trying to watch all of Tim Burton's movies because, mm -hmm. you know, he directed my favorite film of all time. He was probably my favorite director for a well, long time. What yeah. what year is this, though? Nin uh, the year that I watched it, probably about 96, 97. Okay. So I know you're a little older than me, so I'm trying to determine where you were in middle school and what Tim Burton was putting out, you know, at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's see. It's so he hadn't put out Mars Attacks yet. He 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 would have just put out Mars Attacks okay. because that would be 1996. Okay. So, uh, I watched that, and I I know I watched Mars Attacks before I watched this film. First, we got a Oscar breakdown. Ed Wood is nominated for two Academy Awards, uh, both of which it won: Best Supporting Actor, Martin Landau, and uh, Best Makeup, giving Rick Baker an Academy Award. Rick Baker. <laughs> so, Sweet. so that's our breakdown okay thanks nice. uh, if you need to hear any of the other 1994 you can go listen to our forrest gump episode oh jonathan did were you the one that picked this movie yes 
<laughs> what uh, what drew you to this film to select it from the list I provided? Oh yeah, again, you did again, you didn't list. have to attack me. <laughs> I, I hadn't seen it yet. And Good I enough to see it. Reason as any. <laughs> I heard things, and I was like. I want to see this movie. Ooh, what a good to reason to make me watch this movie. Yeah. And so by making you watch this movie. <laughs> but strapping you down and forcing you to. Uh, it was, I was kind of into it, to be honest. It, I mean, it scared me at first, but. <laughs> yeah, we, we could, we could see that. We could feel it. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about this movie. Okay. Yeah. Thoughts. And, uh, it's fine. 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 Okay. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is becoming my favorite actor. <laughs> I, I like that not only is it Vincent D'Onofrio, but it's Vincent D'Onofrio with Maurice LaMarche's voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that the brain? Yes, that is the brain. That is, that's right. Okay. And, uh, yeah. The brain's voice is modeled after Orson Welles. Yep. Now I got that penis critic joke in my head. Penis critic. I need to hear oh, more about no. that. No, so the critic. Uh, you ever watch that cartoon with John Lovitz? Mm-mm. Go back and watch it. But they used to, they had these like Orson Welles commercials where he was trying to sell like peas, frozen peas, uh, frozen peas, and mm-hmm. it just filled him with penis. <laughs> they even taste the penis. <laughs> they're right. even better when they're frozen. I like that. <laughs> <sighs> yeah but anyway so uh i mean the movie's okay it's 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 yeah, nothing i mean absolutely. it's it's perfect it's i enjoyed <laughs> it i had a good time uh one of the greatest statements about art ever made yeah i mean I it, it's, it's it's about a, a, a movie about a guy who really loves film and is just really bad at it but does not notice or care hmm. correct um, and that's fine <laughs> He is, he is the boxer that is all heart. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I, I love him for it. Yeah. Um, but it did have one of the greatest lines in uh, cinema history. Yeah, I guess we got to get this out of the way. Yes, please. Let's get it out of the way yeah, so we can I don't stop know, talking about y'all it. Y'all kept talking about it. And I'm like, what line is it? It is like the fifth or sixth line in the movie where Sarah Jessica Parker goes, do I really have a horse face? <laughs> and I just felt so fucking vindicated. <laughs> like, like that terrible song from Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Don't tell that to Banks. Leanna's mean mugging me. She just stuck her tongue out at me. Ooh. Get him. All Spider-Man songs are good Spider-Man songs. <laughs> In this hero. No. That song is a hit boy. Someone told me. Yes, sir. <laughs> Someone told me to. Wow, Chiernos. Watch it. So good. <laughs> okay. Back, back to Ed. Yeah. Back, Edward. Edward. back to Ed. Um, it's, it's just, ah, oh, the fucking smile the entire movie was so off putting. <laughs> it's supposed to be. And I know it's supposed to be, but goddamn. And it's really good because the thing is, I've seen Willy Wonka and it's the same fucking smile. <laughs> Uh, it's not the same smile. It teeth is. are different, but it is the, the same teeth mouth. are different, but it is the <laughs> same smile. But it, it certainly made me miss when Johnny Depp actually acted in movies. Mm. He acted mm. in Charlie, 
in the chocolate factory. Yeah, he like did Charlie something. Chocolate Bad factory. acting, sure, but yeah, you know, I acting mean, nonetheless. I mean, it it does kind of work against the film, but it also kind of gives the film its charm as well, and that's why it's better than Charming Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Charming Charlie. Charlie. So, Trav. Uh huh. Ed Wood. What do you think uh, of Ed Wood? You know what, man? I thought the I thought the film was good. Mm-hmm. Um, probably wouldn't watch it again unless somebody wanted to watch it. You know what I mean? But I I wouldn't revisit it on my own. What really blew me away was um, uh, the guy that won the Oscar, Martin Lando. Martin Lando. Martin Lando. Uh, yeah. Spot on, dude. I mean, looks. So, oh yeah. Everything he, he was, he was fucking amazing, dude. Incredible, yeah, yeah. And he, you know, he really cared and didn't want to put in a uh, what's the word, a caricature. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, emulates when he's doing the acting parts and mm-hmm. when he's performing for like the fans and things, but otherwise, he's honestly, amazing. I felt. I felt more sympathy and compassion towards him than I did Ed Wood, to be quite frank with you. Um, yeah. I never once felt bad about Ed Wood. I never felt sorry for him. I never sympathized with him. Yeah, I don't think you're meant to either. But, you're, you're, you're honestly meant to be like, good for him. I just don't care. I just don't. Not that I'm saying this movie's bad by any stretch. I don't like when your main character is unlikable. Hmm. Now, when you have a cast of main characters, then it's fine. But the movie's called Ed Wood. It's a, you're supposed to sympathize with him. We go back to Aviator. Mm-hmm. You know he's kind of a piece of garbage, but you still sympathize with him. You, Leo still made you sympathize with him. Johnny didn't make me do that at all. Tim Burton obviously didn't want that to happen. And that's just a turnoff for me. I'm not a fan of movies where your main person you cannot like and sympathize with them. I, hmm. I, I, I thought he was endearing. I think he's very likable. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just he, he. What does he do that you like? Everything. I just think, he's yeah, he's idiot. just likable. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I think he's <laughs> earn it. He's he's a. Uh, he's not like Forrest Gump because he's just <laughs> he's just naive like he's just this he's just happy go lucky until yeah. until he's not so much because you know they don't really cover it in the movie other than the ending credits where he he's just a weirdo who yeah. who travels to the beat of his own drum and that drum just doesn't sit well with literally anyone around him <laughs> yeah <laughs> so no. he so he finds people that that are also weirdos mm-hmm. and he collects this family of weirdos. And I mean, yeah. and isn't I that just that, a fast and furious movie? <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, I think that's what, uh, you know, looking kind of retrospectively back on Tim Burton's career, you know, it's kind of what he's done, although he makes better movies than Ed Wood did, but <laughs> yeah. And, Not and Tim Burton's point. Tim Burton was such a weirdo that he essentially got like kicked out of Disney. Right, right. Mm. Like he was animating on things like The Fox and the Hound. Could mm-hmm. you imagine Tim Burton working on The Fox and the Hound? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I can. <laughs> have you ever seen Fox and the Hound? That I shit have. is dark. That shit got but, Tim Burton written all over it. <laughs> but that's just not Tim Burton's 
style. style? Yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. a style at all, but it's a story. It's a story he would write for sure. Yeah, I, I can see him making Tim Burton's Fox and the Hound. I can't see him making Walt <laughs> yeah. Disney's Fox and the Hound. Uh, I mean, they gave him Dumbo. And they gave him Alice in Wonderland, you know what I mean? So maybe Fox and the Hound is next, you know? Alice in Wonderland was obviously going to be a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, but it's it's one of the few Tim Burton movies that I do not like. And Mm. Johnny Depp's performance is fucking horrendous in that movie. (laughs) It is. Oh, God, it's so bad. Um, But, yeah, so he, he essentially gets, like, ousted out of Disney animation. But Disney doesn't want to really let him go. So they let him make Frankenweenie. Uh-huh. I love Frankenweenie. It's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. We watch uh, it every Halloween, like every October. It's it's such a good short. And so from that, he ends up getting Pee-wee's. Mm-hmm. And because Pee-wee's is a big enough hit, they give him a little bit of rope and he makes Beetlejuice, which now has a terrible musical on Broadway. Hey. Not everything that, needs a musical. Look, look, no, Banks had a great time, man. Let Let him have a great time. He doesn't listen to the show. He could still have a great that time. Is, that is your most accurate for sure. <laughs> He'll never know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh. I will say I've I've only watched videos on, on YouTube, but none of the music inspires me. All right, now I hear you. I hear I, like the opening the opening number is one of the most boring opening numbers I've ever heard. I saw the jagged little pill uh performance thing on the Macy's mm-hmm. Day Parade and right. I don't know if the rest of the show is better, but that just, I was just like, I love that album, but it doesn't need to be a musical. No, absolutely not. And I haven't, I haven't seen anything besides that Macy's day parade. And that (laughs) was enough for me to go. Somebody made that, that I like, and I can't think of who it is now. But yeah, I, I, um, I was drawn to this movie because I feel like it's very well, um, directed and it's a, you know, a love letter to old Hollywood that isn't glamorous. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's the stuff that was going on when the big Hollywood pictures are being made, and it's kind of like, yeah, we're gonna Check make out a the star. B movies. See, I just, I just think it's, it's, it's a good actual story. So they were like, let's make this actually good story about yeah. just a weird guy with bad fucking movies. I think that's. I'd like obviously it's a biopic, so you're not gonna get the most accurate representation ever, right. but um it's it's a good story. All right. Yeah. And this is still before we hated Sarah Jessica Parker, right? Like we I've didn't always hate her not, yet, right? No, I've always I, I, I still don't hate her. Sarah Jessica Parker. I I don't I don't hate her, her either, you know. I'm not yeah, a fan I, of her, but I don't hate but, her. But this is her. This is still when I, I feel like Hollywood's still trying to find a place for adult Sarah Jessica Parker. Because mm-hmm. you know she's in um, Hocus uh, Pocus, Pocus like the year before this, mm-hmm. and uh, she's doing things, but she's still not like an A-list name. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, she's still not an A-list name. In all fairness, <laughs> I mean, around the time uh, I, Sex I was going to say, I, I would I was, argue that while Sex in the City maybe, was on, maybe to at-home white women who drink wine all day, sure, you know, <laughs> sure. but that's, that's yeah, that's kind of where it ends there for for her. My wife doesn't drink a lot of wine. <laughs> well, no, I, either. I, I do want to say um, the chick that played Vampira. That is uh, Lisa uh, Marie. Lisa Marie. Way oh, hotter was... than the actual Vampira. 
Let me. Uh, Lisa Lisa Marie was started dating Tim Burton after this movie. I think it was I, a little I thought before they were this, before. like ninety one. Yeah, I, okay. I thought they were before, but they were dating okay. during, for sure. Right. And yeah. and they date for a long time. a long time until he meets Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, yeah. I I thought you were gonna call her something else. Why would I call her something? I thought else? you were gonna call her her uh, Harry Potter name. No, oh, I wasn't gonna do that because I don't think of her that way. Mm. If I'm going to call her anything, the the first thing I really remember her from is um, Fight Club. I was going to say Marla Singer. Mm. I call her Marla Singer. You know what? I never even realized it was her. Oh, yeah? Like, when she was in Harry Potter, then I would go back and see her in a bunch of stuff and be like, oh, yeah, she was Mm. in this. Oh, yeah, she was in that. Oh, yeah, she was, you know, an ape. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah. I like, though, um, you know, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about the whole uh, dressing in women's clothing thing. I mean, it's an important part of the film, but I don't have a lot of uh, perspective to come from it other other than I like that, you know, he meets Kathy Patricia Arquette's character and she's cool with it. And that's that's mm-hmm. that's all life is, is finding some people that are cool with you with who you are. So. So not having known anything about Ed Wood, yeah, I honestly thought when he kind of told the guy who he was trying to get that first picture from that he was just saying that Me for that movie because he wanted the job. I because he would he was literally saying anything to get the job. Yeah. So I thought the same as you. But but they they laid that little bit of groundwork beforehand where Sarah Jessica Parker's like, "Have you seen my sweater?" And then yeah. he like looks nervous uh, about it. <laughs> but, but never again, did I think. Not was their their acting wasn't so good that I was like, is she wearing the sweater? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like never did I think that. <laughs> and I noticed that more now because I've seen the movie, I guess. Right, so. right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and she mentions it again when she when he's wearing the sweater and she's like, That's yeah. where my sweater went. <laughs> uh, and that producer was Mike Starr, who I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great character actor. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, no, this cast is great. I I'm really shocked that there's not a lot of hate on the Bill Murray casting, considering he's playing a gay transsexual man, you know, and instead of them getting an actual, you know, yeah. but that was, well, I mean, 94, they weren't. Yeah. 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 Really I was gonna say, we're going to say 94, but fucking, uh, what's his name from theory of everything that stole Michael Keaton's Academy Award. Oh, yeah, Eddie Redmayne. Redmayne. Ed, Eddie yeah. Redmayne. The year after after he wins an Academy Award, he's in The Danish Girl. Yeah. So yeah, I don't yeah. know when that is. It's, it, it, yeah. That was, what, six, He was nominated for Danish ago? Girl again, what wasn't is, he? What is Danish? Yeah. Is, is he playing a He's playing a transsexual. Okay, okay, gotcha. So it's not like this is a, it's back in 94 thing. No, this is a problem right. seven years ago, eight right, years right. ago. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I like Bill Murray's performance in this. I think, he's, I th- yeah, I think he's really good. I think he's just fine. He doesn't really do anything for the film, in my opinion. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like the, the baptism scene always makes me laugh. And then yeah. his story, his story about Mexico. It's just, I, I, I do enjoy his delivery. I mean, yeah. I won't deny that Bill Murray doesn't play a tremendous gay man. You know what I mean? I'm not I think, denying I think that. Bill Murray's <laughs> just playing a good Bill Murray. Like With, he was just. A little more flamboyant, just a, yeah, yeah, more, sure. a flamboyant Bill Murray. Like that's it, all it was. Yeah. Like, it was cool to see George the Animal steal in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? oh, yeah. He's Poor a wrestler Johnson. that you know, and I, 
I know me and Paul watch a lot of wrestling, maybe not mm -hmm. so much y'all too, but you know, one of the greatest matches of all time in history is WrestleMania three, um, macho man versus, uh, Ricky the Dragon, and like, but nobody ever talks about George the Animal Steel in that match. Like, he never gets mentioned at all in this match because he's so irrelevant. So it's cool to see him in the movie. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things about how the movie is actually made is the fact that you have the different perspectives of how it's being filmed, like you're, the filming of it being filmed. And then you see the bad movie on, on the screens and different parts that are being shown to like the screenings and stuff. So Tim Burton is simultaneously making a bad movie and a good movie. And I think that's, that's that takes a special kind of talent. <laughs> um, question though, at the, at the opening night or whatever, are they <laughs> going crazy because the movie's God awful? They haven't or even because started they watching haven't the movie showed yet. up yet. Yeah. No, I think that it was just, the neighborhood because I you think, can yeah, kind of yeah. assume that by because they were okay. stealing the shit off the car. Yeah, right. I I think they just tried to pack they they tried to find a theater they could pack out and they just packed it out with the Yeah. Wrong that that is one thing I think they could have maybe explained a little bit more, but yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think they they were having a hard time getting the movie shown or whatever and <laughs> but so that go see us they're driving away. That was a hell of a premiere. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, this movie's so funny. I I do enjoy it, and I think it's it, it was definitely enjoyable. Funny. I mean, I'm I'm with Travis. Probably not something I'm gonna hmm. pop in at any point anytime right. soon. But it's yeah. not, it, definitely not anything I hated at all. I no. I enjoyed my time. It's yeah, definitely yeah. I like watching old Johnny Depp, you know, stuff versus the newer content that we get before he legitimately just becomes a character in every film when he's actually acting. You know, like. Paul always brings up. It's mm -hmm. just cool to see him acting, watching these, yeah. these older stuff. Like making actual choices. Right. Yep. <laughs> this movie was a bomb, too, though, yeah. which is I kind mean, of funny. I mean, there's no shock there, to be honest with you. Oh, like, and it was a bad bomb, too. Like, it, I, I don't know how you sell this movie, though. It's exactly. so weird. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, who's shocked that this bombed? <laughs> I don't like, even know how they spent $18 million on it, to be honest with you. And that's uh, I mean, in, I can, that's eighteen million in um ninety four. So I can I can see eighteen million a little more because you know having to try to make L A look like nineteen fifties L A and wardrobing and that octopus was at least a million. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know how I, much any of these actors are asking either. I know before we we stop talking about this movie because obviously we got to move on. I do want to bring up that Howard Shore, you know, as a part of yeah. oh god this There's movie. This... And as we've done this podcast and I've edited these episodes and put them together and have seen things that Howard Shore has been a part of before Lord of the Rings and then after Lord of the Rings, this this man has to have one of the most wildest composition careers of any <laughs> film yeah. scorer of all time it he, is yeah. insane he is certainly on the list of guys who have had wild careers <laughs> it's like yeah. he'll he'll say yes to anything almost it feels like shit yeah man and he's just like oh let, let me please let me do a soundtrack with a shit ton of theremin <laughs> <laughs> oh man he's still going yep i love how he also did uh the he did copland oh yeah the titular opposite of Conair. 
Yeah. <laughs> and Existence. Dude, oh, I love Existence. But the fact that this year alone we're going to see his score for Bullet Train and Crimes of the Future is mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> and, you know, he's been working with uh, Cronenberg since the 80s. Yeah, he's, so, he's yeah. done all of his movies, right? I, Pretty I, much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, since 79 or something. Yeah. It's so, the man. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> Shout out to Howard Shore. Mm-hmm. Good, good for him. Yeah. Not the only film we'll be talking about with him today. Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So let's go ahead and do some worst judgments on this movie. Trav. Uh huh. Does this movie deserve best picture? I, I, you know, no disrespect to Zach. You know, I know we're looking at a list here of some of his favorite films, and I don't think that necessarily has to equate uh, a film being good or not. You know, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite films is is fairly new. Is Ready Player One and. If people think it's not a good film, I won't say that they're wrong. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a film for me. I really enjoy it. So, but um, after just even the little bit that Paul said, as far as what was nominated for Best Picture, um, honestly, even against Forrest Gump, I don't even know if this beats out Forrest Gump, to be honest with you. So, no, Ed Wood does not deserve Best Picture. Sorry. I'm not going to agree with your last statement. (laughs) Uh, I don't I, and, hate and, and Forrest Gump. I don't hate Forrest Gump either, but I do think this is a better movie because it's, you know, makes sense. Not but uh makes sense. I mean, fucking Shawshank <laughs> came out in 94, so I mean, no. Fuck no. Zach? Hello there. Is this the best picture? Does this deserve it? Uh so 94, uh like Shawshank, Pulp Fiction, Quiz Show. Those three are all deserving of best picture. I, I personally, I might have give Ed, Ed Wood a nomination. I, I like it better than Forrest Gump, and uh, I still haven't seen Four Weddings and a Funeral. So, but I know that's supposed to be good. I'd say nomination, sure. Best picture win, no. I actually do like the two awards it won. I think uh, Landau's great and the makeup's great. So, good job. The Academy got it pretty right, and. And it's a cult classic now. Um, and I think that suits the movie, considering the subject matter. Uh, yeah. So, no, but... All right. Paul. Yes. This deserve best picture. Um, so, going off of what Trav said, this is way better than Forrest Gump. I actually <laughs> hate that movie. It sucks. <laughs> um, going off of what Zach's, uh said with the other... Best Picture winners, I definitely put it in above Four Weddings and a Funeral. What was it? You said Quiz Show. Yeah, Shawshank. 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 I put this under Shawshank, above Pulp Fiction, above uh, Quiz Show. Oh, wow. Wow. One of my absolute favorite films about art. Okay. I think think this is one of the most beautiful statements on art that was ever created. Uh, And I I don't think there's anything wrong with this movie. It, It... Yeah. Is probably my second favorite film in 1994, right by Shawshank. Ooh, um, nice. So yeah, I think this absolutely deserved Best Picture, and it should have been nominated down the board a lot more. Johnny Depp should have gotten nominated a lot earlier, so his personality didn't become Jack Sparrow. Um, I would have given given Patricia Arquette a nomination. I would have given Howard Shore a nomination. I. I think this movie's incredible and uh, it deserved a lot more love at the box office and at the Academy Awards. Nice. 
All right. Well, uh, Trev, mm-hmm. is this the worst best picture? Oh, absolutely not. I am in agreement with you. Zach? So for me, uh, this is it's a four and a half star movie for me. Uh, it's my second favorite Tim Burton after Big Fish. I um, I appreciate this version of Tim Burton where he's still a little weird, but uh, crafting a more straightforward movie. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I I would rank it somewhere in the mid twenties of best pictures. Uh, Along there with the other four and a half stars. I'm not going to give it an exact number, but mid-20s. All right. Man, Paul? Oh, no. It's it's too good for that. Fair enough. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next forced watch for Zach. <laughs> what, what do we force you to watch next? <laughs> the next movie on the docket was High Fidelity. John Cutesack himself, as a pompous record store owner who can stand to learn a little about the ladies and the meaning of friendship. Never gets old. Coming of age tale. Indeed. Oh, anybody's uh, first time seeing this one? Yeah. Mine. Nope. I've seen it. Yep, no for me. Yeah, mine. For me as well. Okay. Jonathan, do you remember your first time watching it? I kind of do. I remember somebody saying, hey... Do you want to see the greatest cameo of all time? Going, <laughs> what? And Jeez. Paul made me watch High Fidelity. <laughs> Sounds like something I do. Are we talking about the Drake Bell cameo? No, the no, uh, no. I know. I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just I definitely pulled the Leo meme when I saw Drake yeah. Bell. I, Whoa, it's Drake <laughs> Bell. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Zach, do you remember your first time watching it? Yeah, it was about um, about twelve years ago. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I picked it up on a DVD around the time I was getting into a lot more um, music. Mm-hmm. And you, Paul? Uh, I watched this not too long after it came on DVD, uh, and fell in love with it immediately, and watched yeah. it all the time. I don't blame you. Does this one have any kind of breakdown? Uh, it does not have an Oscar breakdown of any kind, but I thought I'd bring up a couple awards it did get nominated for. Okay. Uh, it got nominated for a BAFTA, BAFTA. for uh, screenplay adapted. Huh. Uh, it, it got put on AFI's movie of the year list, where nice. AFI just picks 10 films from the year and calls that movie of the year. So okay. It was it was on the 2000 list. Uh, John Cusack got nominated for uh, actor in a motion picture comedy or musical, The Golden Globes, and uh, it got nominated for three MTV Movie Awards: Breakthrough Male Performance, Jack Black; Best nice. Music Moment, Jack Black, probably for the Let's Get It On; mm-hmm. and Best Cameo in a Movie for The Boss, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And those are just some. Awards it got nominated for. All right. Well, you mind if I talk about this movie since I'm the first, I'm the guy that hasn't seen it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Paul basically told us why he picked it because he fell in love with it when he first saw it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, and I haven't seen it in a long time. So I was curious how it was going, how it was going to stand up on a rewatch from my high school to uh, my days. Cause uh, you know, the last time I watched this, like Jonathan said, was probably with him when I showed it to him. Like, Oh, 
506. Gotcha. All right. So yeah. Okay. Trav. Um, all right, so let me give you a little history with this okay. film. So during COVID, I watched the Hulu series with Zoe Kravitz. Oh yeah. Oh. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Unfortunately, it got canceled and mm-hmm. didn't do the numbers that Hulu, I guess, wanted. But mm-hmm. if you haven't seen the series, and I'm not gonna say it's like this because it's not, it's more drama based. Mm-hmm. But it was a really good series. You know, I'm a I'm a fan of Zoe Kravitz, and I thought it was cool when you know Lisa Bonet shows up in the film. I was like, oh man, that's cool, because I yeah. didn't know that Lisa Bonet was going to be in this movie until she showed up. So I was like, hey, that's a cool little connection that they had there. So I wish I would have seen this uh, movie when I was like in high school, because this movie is certainly something that I would have loved when it came out. This was right up my alley. Yeah. Everybody is incredible. I'm not a huge cute sack fan, you know? (laughs) As cute as his sack is, I just don't (laughs) think he's a good actor in everything I see him in. He's got some stuff where he's okay when he's a a hand in a film. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to him starring in a film, I'm just not a fan. And But I've always been a fan of the cable guy and Ferris Bueller, the audience is in on the movie and I'm in on the audience watching yeah. me do my stuff. And I really like that about this film. Jack Black's incredible. Um, God, this movie was so good. And while I was watching it, the only thing I could think of was Zach. I was like, this is such a Zach <laughs> movie, you know? And that was cool to me. It made the movie even every time I watch this movie, now I'm going to think about Zach. Oh, yeah, I just really, really, really love this movie, and it'll be in my rotation for sure. Awesome. It's a good movie to have there. Yeah. Why Jonathan so, make that weird face? <laughs> I didn't like it. Wow. <laughs> Haven't you seen it before? Yep. Um, okay. And it had been, you know, like 15 fucking years at this point, but... Um, it felt like every other rom-com just with a better soundtrack. Oh, this soundtrack's incredible. I got it on you, my phone. You now. make that sound like a bad thing. <laughs> and, and don't and, and I enjoy rom-coms. It just Jack Black just played Jack Black. I mean it's the same Jack Black but, we've always seen. But and, and I enjoy him. It's it's Jack Black before most people knew what a Jack Black was. Okay. Sure. He pops up in here and they're like, what's this Jack Black thing? And yeah, yeah. then he gets huh. other movies that, because of it. But this that, is like the second movie that I've seen That look like the guy from Story. Yeah. <laughs> no, it looks like the guy that was in Orange County and that kind of puts that a bad later. taste in your mouth. No, it didn't. Is, yes, it is did. This Orange before? County came out. I, 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 oh, saw, I saw it after. Okay. I had seen Orange okay, County. Okay, that's fair. Um, but I, I just... <sighs> Don't you like Tenacious D? I do. I actually I, do. And listen, I, I, I actually enjoyed Jack Black. I, 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 everything about him, I enjoy. Um, but well, I don't think you he have did anything different in this movie. And then that's great. I enjoy that. I'm also not a John Cusack fan. Yeah. Yeah. Same um, here. I think he's okay. He just, he's been playing Lou Dobler for fucking years and <laughs> hasn't stopped. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and this is the Dobblerius he gets later on. Yeah, I, I just, you know, Trav brings up the character you, you, you're, you can't sympathize with, and I know that's kind of, again, the point of this movie is he's, he's a guy who gets in his own way. Mm-hmm. 
and that's fine. I just they brush off kind of a little bit how much he was actually kind of the fucking worst. I don't think they do though. Like they bring it up, you get a good section of it. But after that, it's just like no, he's still kind of the fucking worst. I I don't think I, I, I hate it when a douchebag, you know, there there's a difference between redemption and things looking up for the douchebag. Mm-hmm. I don't think he earned anything in the end. I yeah, I, I have a I hard think, time. Go on, Zach. I was gonna say, um, I I agree for the most part that he is pretty much a douchebag that doesn't probably deserve anything uh, up until the end, where you probably realize that him and um, Laura have more in common with their reaction than you think maybe like you know he's we've we're focused on him so we get all what he's thinking and doing but she's kind of doing the same thing by going to ray or ian or whatever trying to <laughs> figure things out not and tim robbins is hilarious tim robbins just and he like listen i fucking so love tim robbins so much but that character just makes me <laughs> oh gross <laughs> Just, it is gross. Yeah. But what were we going to say, Paul? Uh, I was going to say, I, I I have a hard time completely disagreeing with everything Jonathan said, but at the same time, I, I feel like he does come a long way from where he is, even just a couple scenes before when he just kind of mm-hmm. breaks and realizes that he's a giant man-child that's afraid of any kind of success. And he starts making the changes when he listens to the the demo from the skateboarders outside. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's suddenly like, no, she was right. You, you can kind of see the calculation in his head. Mm-hmm. And, and it's on his face. I think he does a really good job of portraying it. But he's like, no, she's right. I, I, I don't go after the things that I want. And here's here's an opportunity for me to try to do something that I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, and after she's laid out that whole list of here's five things you said you wanted to become. Mm-hmm. Right. And why didn't you become those things? Yeah. Like you're the reason you didn't become those things. Right. And even and, so when she makes the flyer, mm-hmm. you know, he's mad, but she's laughing about it because he knows that she's right as he's berating her about the flyer. And, but he's got to like get it off his chest and then uh, she's right, you know. And, because yeah. because his, I, I don't think his reaction is unwarranted, but at the same time, she is correct. Absolutely. It's the only because way to get him to do something is literally by pushing him. Yeah. You, know, you just right. got to push and, him out, uh, out onto the stage and let him go. Or and, he's not going to get up there. Yeah, and that fear and discomfort of going that far to doing something that you should be proud of if you're not used to that is, is a hard thing to, to really process. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I think, I think he ultimately earns his redemption. I think the, um, the little, uh, speech he has there at the, the bar or the restaurant or whatever it is towards the end where he's talking about getting away from the fantasy. I think that's very important. And 
I know there are there are some rom com trappings here, but it it feels more real than other than the whole kind of silly aspect to some of the things. But I like that we have that that realization that mm-hmm. yeah, just get out of your own way. Stop imagining. Uh, you know, put put the baggage aside, and we'll talk about that a little later in the episode here too. As something that I really connect with in the film. Yeah, um, yeah, I love that ending. Yeah, Plus, and you know, and I I really think Nick Hornby has a real fascination with man children mm-hmm. because uh, Fever Pitch is a lot like this, right? Yeah, and you know, one of my dream jobs too uh, was I always wanted to be Cameron Crowe growing up. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> wanted to be a music journalist and a and a film director. And why didn't I do it? I don't know. Yeah. Still time. Still time. I, I wanted to be Ed Wood. <laughs> Still time. Because other than because, because I personally know an Ed Wood. <laughs> God. Oh. I I also admit to having a bias against jerk ass gatekeepers. Mm. And that ruins a lot for me as like like any like that's why uh the character Dick was really the only one that I actually enjoyed in the entire fucking movie because <laughs> he was instead of like gatekeeping, he was like, Hey, this sounds good. Do yeah. This. yeah. Like yeah. yeah, he was kind of annoying a little bit, but he's at least quiet about it. I like yeah. that about him. And he you know, he doesn't become anything majorly different but you know he he grows a little bit and he's not such a mouse by the end of the movie he's still yeah quiet guy but but i mean there's there's plenty of lampshading on these characters that 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 you can feel the script is not on their side with their with their gatekeeping and their elitism Mm -hmm. uh while at the same time they find the humor in it because it can be rather humorous yeah yeah i get that um, and the first time I saw this was around the time that I was <laughs> getting into bands like Bell and Sebastian or, or <laughs> random shit that was mentioned in this film. So I was like, I felt <laughs> like a little nerd, like, oh, I, I know these bands that my friends aren't talking about. Not, I'm not getting into the gatekeeping, but just yeah, it felt yeah. like I was, I stumbled onto a movie that not a lot of people I knew had seen and this music that I was getting into that not a lot of my friends were listening to. It's like, so it felt like it was made for me at the time that I found it. Fair yeah. enough. And, and this was a film that really inspired me to start making lists of everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. like, I mean, I enjoyed the, the top five stuff. Cause that's shit that I just like to do. Like those are the conversations I love having with friends where it's just like right, random yeah. shit like that. Paul, when did you first fall in love with Chicago? The city of Chicago? Yeah. As a young kid. Cool. Uh, my my aunt lived out in Chicago uh, because most of my dad's family's from Illinois. Uh, so my aunt moved out to one of the Chicago suburbs, Addison, and nice. um, I loved going there. And it was the '90s, and the Bulls were on top of the world, and yeah, they had the greatest pizza in the world. Yeah. So <laughs> there was nothing I I didn't love about Chicago when I was a kid. Cool. Uh. And so just over the years, it it's just kept a very special place in my heart. And I think Stephen Frears does an excellent job of shooting Chicago in this movie. Yeah, it is beautiful. It's beautiful to look at. It's one of the greatest cities in the world. Yeah, everybody should go to Chicago. 
I'm going to. I'm. I've sadly only been once, and it was when I was like a toddler going through the airport, mm. and that's the only time I've ever been. I don't remember it. So, AKA a, Zach's never been to Chicago. <laughs> I have a, physically, physically been there. I have a framed ticket over on one of my shelves over here of um, the time we went and saw the Packers play at Soldier Field. Nice. I I love Chicago. Yeah, I've been to Chicago yeah. a number of times since I was a kid because my best friends grandparents all live out outside of chicago and they have a big filipino community oh that sounds wonderful you know so um yeah i got a lot of childhood memories of going up there for two weeks in the summer visiting his family with them and having a great time in chicago so this movie is definitely a lot better than our last trip down uh stephen freer's oh yeah (laughs) i was gonna say the grifters (laughs) also with uh, cute sack, but really bad in that movie. He was very bad in that movie, but everybody was bad in that movie as far as script writing and yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. This was shot by Seamus McGarvey, so that's why it looks so good. Shame, I'm Seamus. Okay, all right. Well, hey, let's do got some any other yeah. comments. Uh, this movie's great, I love it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nice. <laughs> all right let's get into worsty judgments uh so paul what year did this uh come uh, out again? 2000 2000 okay so Come my notes trav yeah give me give me this rundown does this movie deserve best picture well 2000 that was the year gladiator one right gladiator well, crouching tiger aaron brockovich chocolate aaron brockovich. and traffic. traffic okay all right so no it's not better than Gladiator, so already doesn't deserve to win Best Picture. However, out of the other ones you named, I love this movie a lot more. I thought Aaron Brockovich is really good. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. It is very good. I don't know if this is better than Aaron Brockovich, because Aaron Brockovich is pretty fucking good. It's very um, good. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know if it's better, but I definitely enjoy it as much. Um, but, you know, Gladiator is one of my all-time favorite movies of all time. It's in my top five, hands down, easily. Nice. Really, Scott's the man. So, um, no, it doesn't deserve to win Best Picture. But, again, I ranked this four and a half stars on Letterboxd because this movie, if I would have seen it 20 years ago, I would, I'd be watching this movie 20 years later. I know that. So, on to the next 20 years, Zach, I'll be watching. <laughs> um. No, I don't think it deserves best picture. Um, I just it's it's it's, it's 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 not a bad movie. It's just it's a rom com with a better soundtrack. Fair which, enough. Which is great. Sure. <laughs> just I kind of take that back because this soundtrack's really good, but I don't think it's better than Ten Things I Hate About You soundtrack. That's fair. So you're saying rom-com with a better soundtrack, and I think you're disrespecting rom-com soundtracks, sir. No. <laughs> There's some fucking good ones out there. It was Look. a focal point of this film. Look, any film that has stiff little fingers in its soundtrack is immediately better than any other film soundtrack. So, I got my stiff little finger all in your tangler. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> right, right up in your tingler. And it uh, I'm just kind of like running through 2000, like looking to see what other rom coms came out, and like mm, not much. Yeah, in that, other than like what women want. 
<laughs> and uh yeah. I like what women want the quills. Yeah. <laughs> quills. Uh, Miss Congeniality. Right. Such a yeah, good love letter yeah, with that movie shit. Is such a good movie. I like Miss Congeniality. It's definitely not an Oscar worthy movie. Meets the parents. <sighs> Another good one. One of those All secondhand right. embarrassment movies for you, Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> what women want. Is it my turn to answer the question? Yes, sir. Does this movie deserve best picture? So I'm looking at my, I've got my notebook here, so I can just turn back to 2000. Uh, no, it didn't deserve Best Picture. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Gladiator were far away the best films of the year. Um, Memento came out, but I think it was nominated the next year. Uh, but I did yeah, have, it, actually... they got a festival run this year. Yeah. I actually had High Fidelity listed in my other movies to mention, so I'm sure I did on that episode. Um, I think it could have... Nah, I wouldn't have nominated for Best Picture. It's not that kind of movie, I don't think. There were movies um, I feel like that were snubbed more than this one would have been. Oh, brother, where oh, are yeah, thou? No, duh, you said yeah. you didn't like it, so of course you would say that. <laughs> no, like, I mean, I can. I listen. I can. I can say a movie deserves a Best Picture and not like it. I think it hasn't happened much, but it is possible. Yeah, I just think, but I'm a cheerleader. Should have at least gotten something. Sure. Did, yeah. did you hear I Natasha Leone mention that in her? Uh, her monologue on Saturday Night Live? No, I didn't. That's awesome. Natasha Leone. Oh, was she on Saturday Night Live? Yeah, she she did the uh, the se- season finale this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, High Fidelity and Almost Famous came out the same year. I forgot about that. Those are uh, both movies that mean a lot to me. Um, but no, it's not a best picture. All right, Paul. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with no. I. I love this film a lot. It's it's a very personal and uh, it's a film I love. Um, but yeah, it's it's no gladiator. It's no crouching tiger. It doesn't have that that grandiosity. I don't think it's better than Aaron Brockovich. I think Aaron Brockovich is can be very funny at times, but is also very heartbreaking. It's a very mm-hmm. bittersweet film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like better it than more, Shock a lot. Uh, I, it's way better than Shock a lot. Uh, in fact, yeah. Um, Unbreakable is another film from this year I like more. Yeah, I because I think that's easily Shyamalan's best film ever. I mean, it's it's that and it's Sixth Sense, and they're like yeah, right here. Those yeah, are my top two. Is that, well. I would say the same. Uh, I I I think they're such good companion pieces to each other. Uh, the Dungeons and Dragons movies came out this year. Yep. Uh, so that the Cell. Uh, the cell movie. is so good, dude. It's big so money good. hustlers. The uh, ICP dude, film. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. Big money hustlers is an awesome movie, Juggalo or not. It does not matter. Is it stupid? Yes. Is it badly written? Yes. Is it a fun time to watch? Fuck yes. Fuck ICP. Sure, <laughs> but that movie's fantastic, and it's a fun time to watch. And then uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up. Toxic Avenger Force, Citizen Toxie. Of course. Of um, course. Yeah, I, I think this is a very, very good film. And I could, I could probably make arguments for it to have gotten nominations for other things, but Best Picture is not one of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> adapted screenplay, I feel like. I feel like at least a nomination for Adapted Screenplay, even though I don't think it should win that year. Right. Uh, I'd nominate Jack Black for supporting... Uh, yeah, uh, sure. Sure, scores good. I, I, I'd have to look at that category, but I'm, I'm not going to go into that right now. Sure. 
That's not why we're here. Sure, score <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All right. Well, Trav, is this the worst best picture? That wasn't a best picture? Oh, no. No. This, unlike you, this movie is fantastic. You know. Unlike you, there's well, opinion. Because <laughs> Jonathan yeah. is certainly No, you know fantastic. what? Because... He, he always does the thing at the end where he's like, fuck you, Trav. We're not thanking you. So you know what? I'm not even going to reword what I said. Fuck you, <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Uh, All right. Um, I don't think it's the worst. I just don't think it's the best of anything. There you go. Yeah. Zach? I... Uh, it's a four and a half movie like me for Ed Wood, so I'm sticking it in the mid twenties, and that's what I'll say. No, it's not the worst. Okay. Paul. Um, no, it's not the worst. Uh, I'm, I'm with Zach. I, I, I gave it four and a half stars on Letterbox too, so it, it'd probably be down in my forties. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's fair. Ah, oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, what's our last movie there, Zach? Our last movie, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, a movie based on my life. Not really, but it's a powerful story about love, pain, and the baggage that gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Is this everybody's first time watching this? Absolutely not. Yes. Wow. No hmm? uh, Tramp, do you remember your first time seeing it? Yes. Um, I was 11th grade. I was dating my high school sweetheart at the time, and uh, who will remain nameless. And we watched it in my bedroom. And we watched oh. it. Let me just put that out yeah. there. It was no. Yeah. We watched it in my bedroom together. In and my room. They, they, they gave each other hand jobs after. <laughs> Definitely <Yeah>. not. <laughs> I, if anybody's giving anybody a hand job to this movie, I think you need to check yourself into I a said facility after. immediately. Well, I can't imagine <laughs> even being turned on after this film, to be honest with you. So, mm. Uh, mm. do you remember? Your I got some words about that, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, funny, it was my uh, senior year of high school when it came out. Um, and I had a friend, shout out to Zach Estella. He, he saw it and came to school and said, Zach, from a Zach to another Zach, you need to see this movie. <laughs> and I actually uh, went to the Regal. So 2004, you were probably working. You were working I, there. Paul? I may have torn your ticket. Or you sold might you have. <laughs> I I went to the Regal and I saw this movie by myself because uh, nobody else uh, wanted to go see it with me at the time. They're like, "What is that? That sounds weird." Um, so I watched that it, hurt me. and I I cried alone in the back of the theater. <laughs> Once again, laughing at his trauma. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I'll get into some more about that as we go. Uh, Yeah, and then uh, I think I bought it on DVD as soon as it came out. And I I still own it on (laughs) regular DVD. I'm actually going to upgrade to Blu-ray finally. But (laughs) yeah. What about you, Paul? Uh, I was working at the theater. So, of course, I went and saw it in the theater. I loved it. I think it was in my top five that year. Uh, I took home every one sheet that I could on it. I ended up giving those to some friends later on. I may still have one of them. I mm. I really meant to dig through that closet to see what one sheets I still had left. Yeah. But uh, 
Yeah, so in 2004, this was this film was up there with Sideways for me. Mm. All right. Is there a breakdown? There is an Oscar breakdown. breakdown. This was nominated for two Academy Awards. One of them, Best Actress, Kate Winslet, who would lose to Hilary Swank in Million Dollar Baby. Swank. And it won Best Original Screenplay, giving Pierre Bismuth, Michelle Gondry, and Charlie Kaufman Academy Awards. Nice. Nice. Yes. But not Donald Kaufman. Right. I guess I guess after writing uh, Adaptation together, Charlie was done working with his brother. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair Who sad. totally exists and is Absolutely. not a fake person. Right. In, in fact. All right. Let's talk about this movie. Okay. Lettuce. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jonathan, your first time, huh? <sighs> I really liked this movie. The only problem I had was a personal one, and it's because I exclusively basically dated Kate Winslet's mm. character. Yeah. Like just that manic fucking crazy chick mm-hmm. was just my entire dating life until my wife. So, and even then I, I thought she might've been one of those, but <laughs> other than that, um, fuck, this movie's good. Mm-hmm. Like so good. And it, it does the B plot so well too. Like it, it was hard to find fault in this film. Just really hard. And I, I miss Jim Carrey so much. Dude, <laughs> you tell one. I, I, I just feel like movies like this and like uh, the majestic you're, you're shown Jim Carrey going, Hey, I am not just Ace Ventura. I'm not that guy that makes fucking faces. I can act. I'm good. And everyone going, oh, that's nice. That's it. Like, they're just like, hey, cool. You were in a good movie. It's like, no, you were good in that movie, dude. So, yeah, I I want more Jim Carrey. I miss him so much. And I just tired now. Is he? So he says. So he says. Well, we'll see. We'll see if that happens with Sonic 3. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) But yeah, hard to find fault in this one for me. Yeah. Well. Yeah, Trav. What do you? Oh think? man, talk about this movie. This movie is actually going to be a little difficult for me to talk about because Jim Carrey to me is an absolute icon and hero. As as a child, my mom would always say, "This is what Jim Carrey's mom must have felt like," you know, because he was <laughs> such a role model for how I based my characteristics off of, you know, mm. and. I've just always loved Jim Carrey, and it's been rough the past couple years. It seems like he's had a little bit of a turnaround, but, you know, he was going through a phase where he was probably heavily medicated, and he was saying a lot of crazy things. Um, Some of it had some truth to it, you know, some philosophical stuff, but most of it was mixed in very weird out there conspiracy alien stuff, and I just kind of saw my hero starting to slip away and is he a scientologist no no, no? okay i thought it was something around uh, that area i, no, I, I don't know that he that he has a religious affiliation no i think he's like he'd be very anti-scientology he's anti the whole kind of hollywood scene and establishment absolutely so. yeah yeah 
Yeah. And he's talked about that even with this movie, um, where he was super limited on filming this movie, where he wasn't allowed to go off script and play around. Um, yeah, I couldn't imagine. Now, there's a lot of stuff, too, where he talks about, like, he was going through a breakup when he talked to um, Michelle about the film. And he was like, just hold on to those feelings, you know, and he's like typical Hollywood, like, yeah. you know, wanting it. Hey, it works for the movie. If you could be depressed for the next two years, that would, you know, help us out a lot. Thanks, Jim, type stuff. So, yeah. Um, but this movie's absolutely perfect. The, the only script I can think of that's written better than this script and all of scripts is Goodwill Hunting, in my opinion. Like, those two movies are flawless five-star script writing and... Uh, dude, this movie's incredible. Um, I love this movie so much. It's one of my favorite films of all time. Beautiful. I uh, agree with so many of those sentiments. And speak more to that after I ask Paul what he thinks of it now. So when I saw this film in 2004, I was uh, in a relationship that I had been in for two years that was... Mm-hmm becoming kind of fraught because we met at VCU yeah, and I dropped out of college and I moved back down here in Newport news. Uh, we were making it, making a decent go of it while she was still living in Richmond, but then she left VCU to move back up to, to Nova. So we were doing a long distance relationship and that was, uh, that was very tough. Yeah. So this, this film, said a lot to me in 2004 and uh i really should not have rewatched this movie because it didn't hold up really i think this movie was had a lot to say and i think it was still mostly well shot it's hideous to look at though because it's shot digitally oh god looking mm-hmm. at this movie was <laughs> almost unbearable mm-hmm. um and i think that might have really thrown me into a really bad loop. I don't think Michelle Gondry did digital filmmaking as good as say like Michael Mann did with mm. um, collateral the same year. Maybe I shouldn't <laughs> get the Blu-ray then. And Oh God. Yeah. Because I, I, I watched, I watched a 1080 version of it and I think it was hideous. Mm. It was just fucking ugly to look at. Um, and the fact that collateral still looks so good because it's so hyper stylized, mm-hmm. like the, like the filters and the way they shot it and, and how they shot it at night. And this with all the daytime shooting with the digital, just, ugh. um, and I think that kind of ruined the rest of the movie for me, just trying to look at it. But I mean, his framing's fine and the actors are good and the writing is pretty much there. I, I still gave it four stars, but I was kind of bored. Mm. I don't think this is as good as, as it was in 2004. And again, that might just be personal things. I've been in a successful and happy relationship for 17 years now with the woman that was, uh, that came after my rebound from that relationship falling apart so terribly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know where I was. Maybe it was that maybe, maybe it was that I tried to watch this on the same day that a bunch of elementary school kids got shot. I don't know. 
I don't know what put me yeah. in the wrong mindset for this movie, but I did not. En- I did not really enjoy rewatching this. Fair enough. So Fair enough. Indeed. I, I'm mostly going to put it on myself that I didn't. I don't think it's a bad movie by any stretch, except for the digital filmmaking. It really is hideous. Don't get don't get the Blu-rays <laughs> act. It, it's terrible. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Uh. I saw Trav's five star review on this, and I was like, "I'm really dreading being the guy, being this guy today." <laughs> All right, you know, John. Well, I got to be that guy in the last movie, so it's okay. <laughs> Unless Zach is also that guy. No, I'm. I'm yeah. not. This. Uh, I'll. I won't pull any punches. That this. Um, if somebody asks me what my favorite movie of all time is, this is it. And uh, I watch it at least. I don't watch it a whole lot because it destroys me every time I watch it. And, um, but I watch it at least once every few years. And when I first saw it, I wasn't going through a breakup or anything cause I was with Caitlin, but I, we were, we dated for six months and I was painfully shy and, and we, we broke up. It was a peaceful breakup. She's just like, you know, <laughs> you're a great guy, but you're just not, you know, you're not what I'm looking for. And we both kind of saw other people a little bit. I mean, it was high school. We were 16. We had a couple little little relationships. Um, but six months later, we'd both decided, Hey, there was something more to this. And we came back to each other and then we've been together ever since, but I was still, I was still feeling really vulnerable, not sure of myself as a, as a person. And I saw so much of, what I hated about myself um, in Jim Carrey's and Joel, mm-hmm. it's like I, and, and this movie is kind of a wake up call that I need to stop letting my own fears get in the way of myself and stop being so painfully unsure of everything. And Caitlin, she wasn't Clementine, but she had, no, I, I hate to kind of like be the living embodiment of, you know, of what she says. Don't, don't guys look at her as a, as, as a, you know, I forget the word that she uses, a, um, but that she's going to fix them mm-hmm. or that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but she's just a fucked up girl looking for her own peace of mind. Um, Manic pixie dream girl. And, uh, you know, Perhaps my fault for buying into that too, but, um, and I agree with Trav that this is it's if I when I'm looking at scripts I'd say maybe like Casablanca, Chinatown, <laughs> and then this for me it's 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 one of my favorite scripts and I think it's perfect and I think the way they play with time the timelines mm-hmm. and the erasing memories and everything disappearing and, and he's chasing after it. And then the very ending, I know it's so simple, but I, I, I cry every time at the, them in the hallway, just like, you know, look, it was, she say, you're, you're going to, you're going to find things you don't like about me. And she says, and I'm going to get bored because that's what I do. And they just say, okay. Mm-hmm. And that okay to me, it, it breaks me every time. And I just break down and I start crying. I'm like, because that's what it is. You just, Get the shit out of the way, and then you can go for it. You know, everybody's got their 
their baggage and their and their and their stuff that and if you get that awkward uncomfortable stuff out of the way you can be yourself and you can be real and you can you can live so i am going to point out the one thing that did bug me about that was i feel like the two of them got to hear why they shouldn't be together like how it was a toxic relationship but i mean if if you get to hear your problems through someone else's point of view someone that you obviously knows you well enough to know your problems and you could say well there's a chance that if we do this again we can work on those things mm-hmm. and not let them be a deterrent yeah i think that's just and growth as a person but fair. but as as they say in the script you know you're gonna hate me and i'm gonna get bored yeah so there's they understand that the chance there exists but they also know that that these issues are an issue so like with any good relationship you you find the issues and you work on it well mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely all right well anybody I'll, else got notes i'll i'll also say that uh around this time um this is shortly after beck's sea change album came out and who is a Scientologist? Yeah, well, he oh. he is recently out in the last couple of years, okay, but he he's was gone, he's gone clear. He yeah, <laughs> it was disappointing when he was, but he's out now. Um, oh, everybody's got to learn sometime. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah, and um, but Sea Change is like my album for uh, when I need to lay down and be depressed and think about things. So him starting and finishing the movie it was just another little tick in the box for me mm-hmm. and then like like i made a facebook post about i noticed little things and somehow i'd missed um rain dogs being in the uh in the pile of stuff that he was turning in to get rid of so shout out to yeah. tom waits yeah one of my all-time favorite albums yes all right well with that being said let's get into the worst judgments on this one Trav, mm. did this movie deserve Best Picture? Um, did it deserve Best Picture? You know, now that being a recent episode, um, you know, I think Million Dollar Baby's good. I mean, it's great. It's a great movie. Um, it wouldn't have been my pick for that year to win, but I never seen Sideways, and I think Finding Neverland is okay. Um, man, does it deserve to win Best Picture? <sighs> That's something I wrestle with because I don't know if it's a better movie than Aviator, which to me got robbed that year. I don't know if it's a better movie than Aviator, but I like it more than Aviator. So I'm just going to go with my heart and say, yeah, I think this movie deserves to win Best Picture that year. At the very least, nominated. It deserved to be nominated at the very least. And we should have gotten, I don't know how Jim Carrey's not nominated, you know, cause I, you can't use the excuse of comedy when Jamie Foxx is nominated for Ray and Jamie Foxx deserves that a thousand percent because he's pretty much the only good thing about the movie, Ray. Yeah. He um, that film. <laughs> his performance is the movie, Ray. Everything else on that movie is meh at Jamie best. Jamie Foxx is Ray. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
So I don't understand how Jim Carrey doesn't get nominated. Same and, reason why Adam Sandler doesn't get nominated because. Yeah. But but that's that's. Uh, but that, I just mean specifically a, this a, year, you can't use that excuse because you've already nominated a comedian. Also, also that's a different circumstance because A twenty four does not do. I mean, Oscar, yeah, there's Oscar that. Campaigns. But I have actually seen interviews from people in the Academy going, "Why would we let that kind of buffoonery in here?" Oh, yeah, for Absolutely. Sure. I, I'm not saying that's not a factor. I'm yeah. just saying A twenty four doesn't put their movies in people's faces, yeah. and they're like, yeah. if they think we're good enough, they'll nominate our movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say one more thing about Kate Winslet because this is a different kind of movie for her than you see before this movie and well after this movie, even the kind of movie that Kate Winslet does today. Um, but no way in hell Hil- Hillary Swank had a better performance than Kate Winslet. I'm sorry. I yeah. I love Kate Winslet because I can't say I I can't I can't back that only because I've seen Kate Winslet in extras, which just made me go, all right, she's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so, I was still, um, you know, she's still one of my big crushes. I mean, she still is. She still yeah. she was at the time. I of course she has the different shades of hair and stuff. And she's that. hot as hell in this movie. I mean, hot let's be real. So is Jim Carrey yeah. though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Absolutely. Actually, this cast is just hot all around. Oh, yeah, this yeah. is Mark, a really Mark hot Ruffalo cast. still looking Dude, like a stud. Well, how old does Mark Ruffalo look? Because he looks like he's like 22 in this film. That's <laughs> yeah. the oldest. He's he's definitely in his late 20s though by now, Paul, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. He was born in 67. So yeah, in he would have been 26 or 7 when you were filming. Mm-hmm. Well, 26 when they were filming, I guess. But yeah, he and looked I, pretty young. Wait, he was born in 67? 67. So oh, no, he so would have 30, been like 30s. 37. 97, he would be 30. Yeah, so 30, like 36. Okay. Wow. So, so yeah. yeah. Christ. And he looked like he was like 22. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. And I've I've found a new found appreciation for Mark Ruffalo because I really enjoyed Mark Ruffalo before MCU and then I really grew sour on him because him as Hulk is god awful yeah and but now I've realized that's not Mark Ruffalo's fault because everything before the MCU is gold and everything he's done after Hulk it has been gold you know the stuff that he's done so I fault Mark Ruffalo zero blame for why he's so bad in those movies I agree. Yep. Yeah, we talked about that, and then you you can count on me, which was four years before this. So yeah, yeah, he's great in that. All right. Um, I'm going to agree. This movie. Uh, no, I'm going to say this movie probably does deserve Best Picture. Um, I, I get where Paul's coming from. At the same time, I think if you know the Oscars were to do it ten years later, I don't think this would still get nominated or even anything. Um, you don't think this one's best screenplay still? <laughs> I because I definitely agree with year. Paul. You know, we watched this on the Plex. I don't know if that's how you watched it, Jonathan. I mean, if you look at original screenplays, it was Aviator, Hotel Rwanda, Incredibles, and Vera Drake. Uh, uh, I haven't seen Vera Drake, but those other three, I, yeah, yeah, I for mean, sure. You're not wrong. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I really like this movie. I think, I think it is, it has the ability to be a best picture winner. So yes, I feel like it potentially deserves it. I think it at the very least deserves a nomination. Yeah. Especially over finding fucking Neverland. Yeah. That movie's not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Sideways wasn't my thing, but that's not to say it was not a good movie. So, um, Zach. Actually, why don't we let Zach get the last word on this? Yeah, one? let's it, get it, let it Zach. Get okay. Yeah. Okay. So, Paul. And and that way we're not ending with me saying no. Fuck <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> Uh, um, I what what was our uh, what was our is it best picture? You think it's worth best picture? What, what was our what was our two thousand four field again? Sideways, uh, Ray, yeah. Finding Neverland, Aviator, and Million Dollar Baby. Yeah, the only the only after rewatching those a few weeks ago and rewatching this this week, uh, the only one I put this above is Ray. Hmm. Um, oh, not even Finding Neverland. I think Finding Neverland is nice. I think Kate Winslet's better in that film. Mm. Uh, Johnny Depp's, that's Johnny Depp's last good performance. Uh, I bet for a dollar, as you say. <laughs> uh, I think uh, Jim Carrey's better than better in Lemony Snicket's series of unfortunate events the same year. He's hilarious in that film. Uh, not to say that neither of them are good in this movie. They're actually both very, very good in this movie. I just prefer them in other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man two comes out this year and perfect uh, film. before yeah, sunset. It, it's before sunset guy uh, captain of the world of tomorrow is a film. I have a real deep love mm-hmm. for right. uh, kill bill volume two, the far less pretentious, the life aquatic with Steve, the the Wes Anderson movie. Um, Alexander. You're just saying that because you saw yep. Rosario Dawson's boobs. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm telling the 2004. This was a this was a home run, absolute yes for me. 2022, it, I, I think it's fine. I, I now want to go back and rewatch every uh, Charlie Kaufman film to mm. discover if. Uh, I still like any of those. Films I was going to say, didn't y'all mm. talk about being John Malkovich before? We haven't you, done it as an episode. Yep. Yeah. Brought up. Uh, it was 99, right? I think we talked about it. Yeah. So I want to, I want to rewatch that confessions of a dangerous mind, uh, adaptation, uh, Synecdoche, New York. So here's a question for you. So the notebook came out that year as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of think the notebook might be a better movie. I I love. I need the to notebook. rewatch the Notebook, so I don't know if I agree. I love the Notebook, but they I both make me cry. Right now. Oh, sure. Like, all right. So the Notebook is more manipulative, but Eternal Sunshine has a better way of telling the story. I I still can't cry at the Notebook because I think the ending is bad. Mm. It's it's hokey as fuck. It, mm-hmm. I think it's the wrong ending. You think so? Yeah, <laughs> I think she should have ended up with James Marsden. It's, it's the ending that <laughs> well, I guarantee it's the yeah. ending that they screen tested and worked the best. Oh, I guarantee that too. So, it's still the wrong well. ending. Fair enough. She didn't love James Marsden, and she that would have, made, would have made it Let so it much more interesting. <laughs> no, calm right. down there, Elsa. <laughs> uh, you son of a bitch. All right, all right, Zach. Yeah, does this movie deserve best picture? So even though it's my favorite movie, I'm. I um, it's another one where I'm fine with it winning best screenplay and not necessarily best picture. I I think it should have been nominated for sure. Uh, I won't argue with anybody who says Aviator or um, Million Dollar Baby are better films, but but I agree with the acting nominations and I'm glad the screenplay won. 
I enjoy the pretentious guy that makes me feel sad. So fair enough. All right. Well, Trav, is this the worst best picture? Hell no. That wasn't a best picture. Hell no. All right. I I am in agreement. Paul. Um, sure. Why not? Like like it was? It could be. Why not? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's fine. It it's not the worst. Fair enough. Uh Zach? So if this one best picture and I'd be ranking it, it would be all the way up at my number four, which is crazy, I know. But um so I'd have the two godfathers in Casablanca in front of it. <laughs> so yeah. It's, crazy. It's sad that I missed this episode, the uh two thousand four episode, because uh it's a good episode. Well, I couldn't shit on the fact that the Phantom of the Opera is fucking nominated for anything. <laughs> mm. I love the Phantom of the Opera, but the, the two thousand four movie? Yeah. Oh, it's fucking terrible. Terrible. Well, you know Awful what makes film. it it's the, the Phantom is a ten or two. And they made him a fucking base. It made zero yeah. fucking sense, and it pissed yeah. me off so much. I just hate oh, Jerry. I just hate these rock versions of the song. I'm calling them rock versions, but and I love Gerard Butler, but fucking hell. Yep. Yeah. You said but I think you mean fucking hell. <laughs> no, I mean, hell. Uh, yeah. 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 All right. Well, Zach. Yeah. Happy birthday, buddy. Yeah, happy Thank birthday. You. And, you know, even though everybody didn't love everything across the board, that's perfectly fine. I'm glad we can all be honest with each other and ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and we all at had... least had a movie that we did like. Yeah. Yeah. I think you had two-thirds of good taste. <laughs> Yummy. What I really love about these particular episodes is... I'm always going to think about y'all individually with these movies. Like I've been watching Braveheart my whole life, but yeah. now it's Jonathan's movie to me. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like for the rest of my life, as I watch Braveheart every year, I'm just always going to think about Jonathan and Paul. I'm always going to think about, you know, speed racer and UHF. And yeah, I got these, I've been watching eternal sunshine for a long time now, but now it's like Zach's movie, you know. So, and I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate it, you feeling like, because I, I understand heart. what you're talking about. Yeah. And when y'all yeah. think about Garfield, <laughs> think right. about me, you know what I mean. <laughs> Every time I watch Tale of Two Kitties. <laughs> <sighs> Samuel <sighs> Jackson, here we come, baby. <laughs> <sighs> well, I think we are going to call that here. Uh, Paul, you got a question for Zach? Hey, Zach. Uh, we do that after the social media. So, Trav, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> no, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where could people find you on the social medias? You can find me on the Instagram at ZK Audio, where I'm also on the Twitter at T R A V I O S Z K, where I'm also on Letterboxd, ranking and rating my daily movie watches. And even though we were strapped with movies this week, I still managed to watch the brand new Chip and Dale, which had no business being no as business. absolutely incredible. Right? As it is. I mean, that movie was made literally for our generation. Like specifically yeah. for the four of us. I like, just can't, it- I can't <laughs> believe Disney watched Space Jam and said, 
hold my beer, Warner Brothers. Let's show you how to go get put a bunch of IPs in a movie. Like, how I, do we make a millennial nostalgia film? Oh, my okay. family there watched it without me. Then <laughs> you should watch it without them. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I will. Uh, what you should have done is just started ripping her off your shirt and being like, you're no more. <laughs> uh, uh, I think Harrison uh, heard about uh, the, the cameo of a certain... Uh-huh. Something is like I have to watch it because I'm obsessed with yeah. that franchise right now. Oh, uh, we we all know what it is, right? And by the time this episode comes out, yes. yeah, it's Ugly it's Sonic, right? Ugly Sonic, yeah. it's Ugly yeah. Sonic, or as Zoe likes to call him, Dad Sonic. I don't know if that's a running gag with her <laughs> age group on YouTube, <laughs> but you know, her and her friends all call him Dad Sonic. And coincidentally, I've now seen memes this week of both Sonics together. You know, when one's the dad and one's the son. So I, I'm glad Ugly Sonic got used in a movie because Dude, absolutely I, incredible. I've always I've always been mad that they changed him. It's not even mm. my favorite cameo in that movie, which is the crazy part. Like, you know? Is it Paul Rudd? Huh? Is it Paul Rudd? No, no, no. I I'm not gonna say what it is on air. <laughs> but you know, it's incredible. Lonely Island does it again. I love those guys. So Oh yeah, I sure. Yeah. I love Lonely Island so much. All right. Oh, is that it for me? Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it for okay. you. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find me on the Twitter, the TikToks, and the Twitch at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? Find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok, House Havoc, Letterboxd by searching my name. Uh, I was able to hammer through these movies pretty quickly uh, mm-hmm. over the past weekend, and then the week caught up with me and I wasn't able to finish, but I started everything everywhere all at once. And I, I'm going to finish it this weekend and I'll have thoughts next time. Okay. So we need it. Yeah. Paul. Uh, you can follow me at Father the fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram and letterbox where I am making a running tally of all the films I watch. And uh, as soon as we finish recording, Recording the well, the, the morning after we recorded last episode, I ended up going to Netflix and watching RRR, uh, the Indian <laughs> Telugu film that is uh, one of the greatest films ever made. I, I might take some time this this weekend to. It is an entire uh, <laughs> an entire industry just going. How do we make the biggest, weirdest, loudest film that feels like they went around asking everyone, what do you want to see in a movie? And then took all those notes and put it in this movie. <laughs> Every single one of them. <laughs> it, there's, it's one of the best action films of the year. Uh, there's a whole romantic comedy subplot that takes up like half of the second act. Um, it has a strong anti-colonial message, a colonialism message. In fact, my review on uh letterbox is just, this movie hates two things, colonialism and subtlety. I hate <laughs> them too. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is subtle about this film. And it's nice. amazing. Like from, from the moment this movie starts, it's just like, Look at these evil British white people. <laughs> They're so evil. <laughs> nice. <laughs> See this movie. It's on Netflix. It rules. Sweet. 
All right. So, Zach, what are we watching next time? <laughs> next week, we are watching Slumdog Millionaire, which you can rent on Amazon, Google, Voodoo, Philo, Fubo TV, Sling TV, YouTube. Yeah, all sorts of things. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, hey, Trap. Hey. Jonathan may not want to thank you, but I'm going to. I appreciate that. We appreciate you producing our show. Yeah. Being on our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, even though Benjamin Banks doesn't listen to the show as we discussed. Uh, we'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Belfew for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at the Oscarwarsity Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review like Zach did with all the movies that he discussed here on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. The almighty Meet me in Montauk. <laughs> Thank you. I love you guys. Love you. Happy love birthday. Thank you, buddy. We'll strap you down again soon. Ah! So for something completely different. Okay. <laughs> Get so that, for, that finger ready, Trav. Sorry. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> for Trav, Jonathan, and Zach, and Howard Shore, doing all the scores. We would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs> <laughs>